Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Coltrane Bod Bile Mast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be on here. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, man. So, I mean, let's start with your name. Coltrane <laughs> is like John Coltrane. Yeah, it's John Coltrane, the jazz musician. Faulkner was named after William Faulkner because I think they were reading, reading a lot of his works when they had him, and then they were listening to a lot of jazz when they had me. Mm. And then Faulkner's middle name, I believe it comes from a relative, an uncle maybe? I'm not quite sure. But um, my name, Laughing, uh, they said I laughed a lot as a baby or something, but it's on my birth certificate too. So I was gonna say that would yeah. suggest that laughing came uh, later, but no, laughing is so laughing. L a u g h i n g. Yeah, it's the actual spelling of the word laughing. Is my middle name. Coltrane, laughing. Bob Biomast. Yep. Bob Biomast. So I've had you now just in class for about a month, and I've been really intrigued by your love of history. Clearly, you are con- you feel connected or you appreciate it. Um, could you explain that appreciation or that love? Where does that come from and why do you love it? Well, a large portion of my family, well, a sizable, not a large, but a sizable portion of my family is teachers, and at least two of them have taught in a civics or a history class. Uh, my grandma, Bod Bile, taught history for a long time, for at least as long as I've been alive. And my grandpa Mast taught uh, a lot of civics, and he knows a lot about history. Uh, uh, I think a fascination from history really developed because I really enjoyed Star Wars. I really enjoyed Star Wars, so I wanted to see what that was inspired by. And by finding out what it was inspired by, I learned a lot more about history. And not to mention, I think I watched a lot of history stuff when I was younger with my grandparents. Um... I just find history really quite interesting because if, as it's often said, if we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. And I think a lot of people should learn more about history than they already know just so that they don't repeat the same mistakes of the past. Well, talk about that connection to Star Wars. Explain, if you would, like some of your findings there. I have to say, I love Star Wars, but my love apparently is surface deep. Um, (laughs) Your love seems to go much deeper. What are some of the connections you found? Well, a lot of it, well, one of the strangest ones was the prequels were kind of a metaphor for the Bush administration. That was, was, I only discovered that recently, but they were supposed to be like, like there's the statement, only a Sith deals in absolutes, and that's a reference to George Bush saying, you're either with the terrorists or you're with us or whatever he said. And then, like, of course, the Galactic Empire is clearly based on the Nazi regime. It's pretty obvious in the, all the in like their interest in technology and super weapons is a lot. It's very reminiscent of the Nazis, and then their uniforms even are very similar. Um, uh, and a lot of Star Wars stuff is based on just similar. Well, a lot of the guns are just taken straight from World War One and Two and modified just to make them look more science fiction-y. And a lot of the characters are based on um, just... Well, not all of them, but some of them are based on real-life people and Vader's suit is based on a samurai suit and whatnot. And I find it's all in, like, Jedi's are, of course, based on 
knights and the Jedi Order is supposed to be like a Eastern religion type thing that's got that whole Eastern feeling with it. Like it's kind of based on Buddhism or yeah, mostly Buddhism because it's about disconnecting from the world usually. Oh, that's really cool. I never knew all that stuff behind it. Wait, so when you started, because I know, like, you've probably seen Star Wars several times. How long did it take you before you were like, oh, I want to find out what this is about? Was that just right off the bat? Well, actually, for a large portion of my life, uh, I wasn't really that interested in Star Wars. I really only got, I mean, I watched it and I knew about them because my parents liked it. And, but I didn't really like it until, I'd say, like, 6th or 7th grade was when I really got interested in it. And then I started, like, spending a large amount of time on Star Wars-related <laughs> websites and learning about all the lore and canon there is to know. And so I, but I don't, I didn't read the books until, I didn't start reading all the books around Star Wars until mm. recently. And it's very, most of them are very well written, at least on like a young adult level. They're very well written. Um, and some art. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoy it and... Personally, one of my favorite Star Wars characters is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, he's an Imperial, but he's not... Mo the Imperials, since they're based on the Nazis, have a bias towards humans. But um, Grand Admiral Thrawn is a rare case where he's a non-human in the Empire. And he, um, what he does is he studies the culture of other species to learn about what they do. It's kind of like outliers, actually. It's kind of like learning about their culture... Uh, the culture of honor, whatever. They, he learns about their culture. He studies their art. He reads their literature. He studies their technology and tactics. So then he can properly make a strategy to attack them or or not, or negotiate with them even. Kind of like a lot of diplomats have to do. Yeah, fascinating. Um, How is your experience in school, um, you know, so far? You're a junior. Yes. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious, how is it to be, uh, cold trained in school? Um, well, school, I tend to just try and do what is asked of me, but I will, sometimes I'll talk to people, you know, it, but I do think, I think a lot of people like me because I, I'm not even sure why I've asked myself question, my, this question a lot, but, um, I think a big part of it is, I've asked a few from the people I've asked. I think a big part of it, a common theme, is that I try to be myself. I mm. so I'm acting like myself, and I think that really is what intrigues people because I don't really put up a facade or anything to hide anything like a lot of people do in school, just so then they're popular or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you you agree to this idea that people have facades uh, to be. You said, you kind of tossed it away, to be honest with you. You said to, have, to be popular or whatever. It, is that tr true, or um, do you think that's not really true then? Or well, what? I don't, I, it's really either way for me. It just, I think some people do it, but not, I don't think everyone does it. But I think there's definitely people who do it because they want to fit in with the other people. But I don't think it's necessarily everyone who does it. But everyone puts up a face, in, especially in public. It's just a psychological thing to put up a face so that you don't embarrass yourself or whatever. Yeah, so you as well? Uh, I mean, I'm different in public than I am in private, but I think everyone is, especially in a large, crowded school. 
you're mm -hmm. going to act differently than you would in your home where it's open and there's people that you know better than you would at school. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Where do you see, like, people start starting to have that kind of mask or, like, different personality? I don't know if you've noticed, like, if you can pinpoint a time when you're like, oh, wow, yeah, like, people are being different now. Or if um, it's just always well, been Well, I there. think it's just I'll always been there in certain people, but I don't, I, I'm not even saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. I understand why they want to do it, and I think that everyone has some sort of mask on. They just don't want to admit it, or they don't even know it. They just do it subconsciously, but it's just, it's most of the time, it's just a, a subconscious thing just so then you can be better, mm -hmm. have better relations with certain people. Well, tell us then, if we can stay on the topic, I mean, you're saying you have been praised for being authentic, for not having a mask on. Do you agree? Do you feel authentic here at school? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I think I do. What, what is allowed for that? I guess maybe that's what I'm asking. Where, whereas lots of people might wear masks, you feel like you can come to a place and be your authentic self. Well, what? I don't... Uh, some people hide their interests because it might be nerdy or just not well-liked or something. Uh, but I don't really. I talk about my interests, at least to my friends. And I wear, like, these shirts all the time, you know, like the Star <laughs> Wars shirts or whatever. And then um, uh, I, like, I'll talk to people about it. Like, I talk to people about World War One who weren't really interested in it. <laughs> just to see what they think. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess it's just that I'm more open about my interests in my personal life, I guess. So where do you see the value in? I mean, of course there is value in being your authentic self all the time, but, like, what is that value to you, I guess? Like, just being authentic to everyone? Well, that value is, is that you don't have to constantly be building up a facade that you can, mm. that you have to ma maintain a lot. Um, it, it, well, I do think there's positives to both sides. There's pros and cons. I do think it's just generally easier to be more authentic, but people just choose the facade route since it's generally encouraged, especially in a modern-day society to act mm -hmm. differently than yourself. But there's, of course, programs to act yourself, but a lot of people don't really follow that. So, well, to push maybe a little bit away from that topic, um, you talk about um, your interests and, like, things that you're passionate about, and you're talking about history a lot, how you're super passionate about that, and how, um, like, some of your grandparents have been teachers in history. Do you see yourself doing what do you see yourself doing in the future do you see yourself doing something with history or something else well i'd want to major in history but in today's modern job climate i don't really know if there's much outside of teaching that you could get with that um i mean historians are a very uh small bunch and you gotta have a lot of degree and work put into that or as a teacher you can do it but you also still have to put a lot of work and in de in degree into that I'd like to go into politics, but I don't know if people really respect someone with a history degree over a law degree or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say don't let that stop you. I yeah. think that's fantastic. I love, too, what you said earlier about how you think we need to learn from our history in order not to um, repeat it. And I think especially if someone were to have a history degree and go into law, that would be fantastic yeah. <laughs> to well, accomplish that. Yeah, so what draws you to politics? Uh, 
the just complete bamboozlement of the 2016 election especially. <laughs> uh, just the complete surprise of it, which I wasn't very happy about, because uh, as someone who's interested in history, and I know a lot about fringe movements and a lot about dictators especially, uh, um, it's someone like Trump really worries me. I mean, and this might be a bit politically charged, but... Someone like Trump is a lot like a mix of, I'd say, Kaiser Wilhelm II, who was an insane ruler of Germany during World War I, who did not know what he was doing. Benito Mussolini, who was a nationalistically charged uh, dictator of Italy during World War II. And then just a mix of, like, smaller fascist rulers, like... Well, not rulers necessarily as much as protesters. And then just a s businessman who doesn't really know what he's doing. Well, well, you, this begs more than that. Uh, so, so, what would you say to somebody who's like, ah, I mean, you're just a kid. You're reading your online, um, you know, your online blogs. You're getting this information from unreliable sources. I mean, you know, enough of the shenanigans calling Trump a Mussolini or enough. Come on, come on. That's not productive. What, what would you, how would you respond to that? Well, I think a big part of why online sources are unreliable is because in the early 90s, there was a lot of unreliable sources. But nowadays, there's just so much of it that you're, ju you're pretty much guaranteed to find at least one good source. And I think Wikipedia isn't as bad as people say it is. <laughs> they ha and even then, they have the sources, which are often textbooks or online textbooks or, like, university websites about the specific person. So you seem to be a very well-educated person when it comes to something that, like, you talk about. You seem to have a lot of background knowledge on it, done a lot of research about it. Um, do you find yourself doing that in a lot of areas of your life or mostly mm -hmm. just history where you're passionate about it? Uh, mostly just history, but I... I mean, I do do research on my family sometimes, so like I'll ask around and I'll try to look up records because apparently we have some relation to a guy named Michael de Ryder who was a famous Dutch admiral who defeated the English or something. Um, but I do think that uh, people should definitely research into something that they're interested in. Why? Um, well, what's, what's to be gained? Uh, this was definitely something I probably should have started out with, but I think, uh, well, I have a minor Asperger's syndrome, not major, it's a form of autism, and uh, so I'm, the person who was named after Hans Asperger was interested in, I think it was English, and he didn't like math. Uh, he really was interested in English. He would read all the poems twice a day or what something. He was, although actually he was a Nazi, but... That's besides the point. Uh, yes. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, it's fascinating. He was, uh, the thing about Asperger's is that it can make you really interested in one topic, like 50s music or something. Uh, or, it, well, it really just, and I think if we worked, if we got more people with Asperger's to be more high-functioning, I definitely think a workforce would be more efficient because we could have someone with Asperger's who's interested in something like business have them run a company or something. Uh, someone who, who has Asperger's interested in math, have them be a math teacher. 
It's, I think Asperger's is definitely a key part to human evolution, but it's just that a lot of people don't notice that, and it, there's a lot of negative stigma around autism and Asperger's because there's, I don't, it's just um, they aren't socially adept. Uh, but I do think that everyone should at least try and learn a bit more about Asperger's and autism before making a statement like autism is caused by vaccines or autism needs to be cured before. But I think they should definitely do research because I think the idea of autism being cured can be uh, done through things like therapy where the, mo where the uh, more negative aspects of it can be uh, downplayed. I love the sense of, I love that you see autism and Asperger's as um, an advantage rather than a disadvantage because, I mean, that's an awesome perspective. And I love, you have this sense of, like, pride about who you are. I think that's fantastic. Um, but I have to ask, like, has it always been like that? I mean, were you always, um, like, when did you develop your mindset that you have right now? Um, I, like, I, I guess eighth grade, and then more freshman year as well. I think uh, it's a large mix of all of my family's political perspectives and then just my own research into history. But I do think that um, I really just started having this idea more in eighth grade about Asperger's. And I will say this, there are negative uh, is, is examples of autism where they're nonverbal, but I do think that they still do deserve to be treated like humans rather than like or mm -hmm. like where there's people in countries that are allowed to get euthanized legally or um, parents are just so frustrated with them that because they can't understand them. I think uh, a big part of autism is that you need to take your time with it. As you move forward as a student, um, you know, thinking about college, thinking about your future, um, does this make you, do you have any anxiety about your, uh, you know, your bit of, your autism, um, or not really? No, oh, no, not really. Uh, like I said, I'm high-functioning, and I don't think autism is, I think in a lot of colleges, autistic people are becoming more accepted and represented but I think we're in an a uh, an age right now where there's um, a lot of uh, more acceptance towards people with autism like there was the character on Sesame Street that they just introduced who was autistic mm -hmm. and then there was uh, uh, there's that show on Netflix atypical mm -hmm. but then there's like um, uh, like poor portrayals of it where they say oh right after they wrote someone as socially awkward or quirky they say afterwards like oh they're autistic by the way like uh, I mean there's a lot of stereotypes surrounding like especially someone with high functioning Asperger's like they're quirky or they're unique well I think people with Asperger's on it it honestly depends on the person it, it varies but I think like something like the Big Bang Theory is a very poor portrayal of people with Asperger's <laughs> and autism because there's Sheldon, and he's like, oh, he's quirky and funny, and he says bazinga all the time. That's not a very accurate portrayal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, to wrap it up a little bit, um, I have to ask, what is one piece of advice or a word of encouragement or something you want to put out there to give to anybody? Um, I think that everyone should definitely go what they're, well, they should definitely look into 
what they're most interested in before making any decisions. Like me, I don't think I would have known that I would such uh, had such an interest in history had I not had my grandparents to talk to about it and my parents who are pretty knowledge, fairly knowledgeable on it. I think that everyone should be able to pursue what they're interested in. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Coltrane, for being on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. awesome talking yeah, to you, and you. good luck uh, yeah. this year, next year, and all the years ahead. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode.